0: Welcome to Radio TFS episode number 43. Hi, this is Martin Woodward. And this is Greg Duncan. And this is Mickey Gousset. Hey guys, welcome to the show. So, we Thank didn't have morning. a show last week. Um, uh, as you, I was a little bit busy. I cancelled at the last minute. <laughs> guys, sorry, I'm really busy. <laughs>
1: and, um, and all that work I was doing on the notes, you know, Martin, it was know, all it's all your sorry. fault. I'm very sorry. <laughs> but, um, but hopefully um,
0: you'll understand why today cuz uh unless you've been under a rock last night the Visual Studio 2012 release candidate came out so
1: woohoo yay
0: woo-hoo. so guys cover the news first of all I noticed I called it Visual Studio 2012 rather than Visual Studio 11 isn't that amazing I that.
1: yeah yeah <laughs> That's going to take a while to transition, as usual. Oh well, I'm, I still call w-
0: Widby. Uh, well, you know, I still call yeah. I still call. I forgot what it was. Twenty ten, Dev ten, and uh, you know, and then Rosario v- and Widby and Orcus and stuff. So yeah, I'll be calling it Visual Studio eleven for a long time and TFS eleven. But <laughs> just hit me around the head when I do. We uh, we now officially are called Visual Studio twenty twelve. We've got a shiny new. Um, metro style logo what what do you guys think to that i'm curious to hear your reaction did you notice
1: (laughs) yes yeah yeah i saw that it's it's kind of like i don't know uh it's okay you know it it goes with the whole toned down thing you know actually i really like how microsoft is unifying the look and feel across everything you know whether you love or, or or hate metro the fact that so much is being you know the look and feel of Everything is being unified, you know, from Xbox to phone to, to the web to Windows to all of this stuff. It, it, it's like Microsoft is, you know, one company.
2: Yeah, crazy. You, you eh?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so is there a reason that it's purple or is that just – I wonder if there were consumer studies done to determine – Oh, it's purple. Purple's a good color.
0: Yeah, there was there was there's reasons, but none of them actually, you know, make any sense to normal people. <laughs> <laughs> there are reasons, so, uh, but uh, yeah, no, it's cool. I, I quite like it. Yeah, it's sort of, you know, I haven't well actually, I've been um haven't been running builds that have had that the new you know branding in for very long. I've been running like builds off a different branch which didn't have that branding in yet. So um, yeah, I quite like it. It it certainly looks um nice in my little uh, Windows eight, you know, taskbar. It really it sort of fits there. <laughs> so no, I like it. It's good. And I like the um I like the it sounds daft, but um you know in the um on the start page you've got the little triangle that comes in from the side and you have this little triangle that appears in different places during the start up screen. I quite like that triangle. That's my kind of that's my kind of thing. I don't know why, I just do. Anyway if you if you um not if you have been under a rock and you uh, you know when we here we are like less than what well less than 24 hours anyway we're about I don't know 15 hours after it went live if you haven't yeah. got the release candidate installed yet then uh, what are you doing go, go download it it's on um if you go to tinyurl.com get get vs 2012 rc or if you just go to Microsoft.com, WAC, Visual Studio, WAC 11, that'll get you there as well. And you can go download um, the 2012 release candidate. Not only can you download, obviously, uh, Visual Studio 2012, you can download Team Foundation Server 2012, both the, um, uh, the the you know regular server install and the Express install. And you can... Um, Go get TV Explorer everywhere, and go get Test Manager, and go get everything you want to get, all from there. So, go download today, and let let us know what you think. We're gonna obviously um, now we've now we've got some good bits to play with. I think we'll 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 have a few shows that we throw in where we're gonna you know do like focus in on a feature and go deep on a particular feature inside of the the release candidate and see what we think. Maybe get the guys on that wrote it, that sort of thing.
1: Should we good. Yeah, that would be nice. If you so,
2: want to go ahead, Mickey, sorry. So from, a, from a TFS perspective, is there anything just real quick, any one or two new things in the RC versus when we were looking at the beta? Because I've not looked at the RC yet, so I was all just right.
0: Yeah, well, if you go to um, tinyurl.com wackvs uh, VS 2012 RC, that, that'll take you to a, a blog post that Brian Harry posted, which is all about the, um, you know, it goes into some of the, the sort of the features that are new in uh twenty twelve. is um in the Reese candidate, sorry. From obviously from my perspective, so there was basically um you're looking you know we're an agile team now. Most of most of Visual Studio runs Scrum or a version of Scrum kind of thing. And um, we're running on three week sprints and so if you look at like the release dates you're looking you're looking at about sort of uh three or four sprints worth of work there between the two. Um, but when you look at what was achieved in those three or four sprints it's actually pretty impressive so um a feature that you guys all like is uh you know when you're in um uh when you're in uh web access and stuff, and you know when you upgrade a um a server and you want to make use of a new feature like code review is a great example and in the past you had to go and um you know hack around in notepad. Uh-huh enable all the work item types and stuff for code review. Yeah, to do mm-hmm. that, or you get a little wizard that pops up. You get you get clippy. <laughs> oh, sweet. You don't, get, you don't get clippy, but it's, you know, you get like <laughs> a thing that says, I noticed, you, you, you know, would you like to enable code review? And yes or no. And if you say yes, um, and it can, then it'll go and
2: add that new work item type and
0: add in the field transitions and things like that. Oh,
2: that's great. I that's know. a great enhancement. Awesome. Yep. Yeah. So that's pretty cool,
0: and that there's a is there's, there's I mean there's more of that to come. You know, we're trying to make it easy to upgrade. So that's uh, I quite like that as a neat solution on how to do that. Um, we 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 did some adjustments in the pending changes view so to to begin with. Um, Team Explorer Everywhere has now got the same pending changes experience as Visual Studio. Um, so previously, so in the in the beta, the Eclipse. Um, Pending changes view was like the old, you know, VS 2010 one. Well, we've now we've moved to the VS 11 one, but we've kind of learned. We only had to do it once, whereas the Visual Studio guys have iterated over the pending changes experience a bit, and they've, they've they've made it a bit, you know, some feedback. One of the bits of feedback was it was quite hard to get to sort of work items to to add the work item in. So what we've just done is added a quick shortcut link to go run go run a query. Um, and you go run a query, so you can say, you know, you pick down, like, a favorite query. It runs it over in your editor pane, over in the left-hand side. And then you can just drag and drop a work item over or right-click on a work item and add it into your pending changes view, which is pretty neat. Nice. Um, that makes it a lot easier. And, and often, you know, you, you're actually... Um, so I actually haven't tried this in Visual Studio. I should. Let me see if I can quickly do it now. I know in Eclipse you can, if you've got a work item open, you can right-click on the work item and say assign, you know, add to pending changes, and it'll actually just add the work item into your pending changes view. I'm going to try it from Visual Studio while we're speaking, see if we've added that feature over there yet. Um, and then some other little bits and bats. Um, we've done some tidying up of the version control menus uh, in Visual Studio. Uh all the new, you know, fancy theming that's um, in Visual Studio, we respect that inside of all the TFS windows, which is quite a bit of work. Um we should probably talk about the theming. We'll talk about that in a second. And then um uh everything yeah, you know, there's and then there was obviously a bunch of things under the hood a bunch of performance improvements. If you've been using um the TFS preview, then basically TFS preview is is now you know the the version you can install locally has now caught back up again with TFS preview so all of the UI you've seen in TFS preview the shiny build views the new you know all the UI improvements you've seen there um, the current version that's current on li- currently live on tfspreview dot com is roughly about is roughly a similar version to the one that was shipped in RC. Now, obviously, we ship new versions of tfspreview.com every three weeks, so by the time you listen to this podcast, there'll be new features in tfspreview that aren't in the RC. But it, you know, it's pretty close at this point in time. I am um, trying to think anything else is worth calling out. Done, yeah. Oh, I had uh, one of the reasons why we didn't talk last show. Um we had a uh, really late-breaking issue. So um, the joys of being the cross-platform guy, right? Um, <laughs> Apple rolled out a security update. They did two things on the same day. Um, they rolled out a security update to WebKit. Um, and then they also rolled out a new version of Safari. Uh, and then all of a sudden, like I'd develop on the Mac <laughs> against TFS Preview all day long now I can't authenticate to TNS Preview. I'm like, uh-oh. Uh. <laughs> a, it's going to be hard for me to fix this bug because <laughs> I, <can't, laughs> I can't get logged in. So I was having to sneakernet things for a lot of times and use a Windows machine and transfer things over USB stick. Oh, man, until we got it fixed. But um, basically what happened is they... So uh, in OS 10, the embedded browser in OS 10 is WebKit, um, which is what, what Safari and what Chrome are both based on. So uh in the OS10 security update they chipped a version of webkit that contained a really horrible bug uh bug number 79206 if you want to go look it up in the webkit database that um actually stopped you it, it basically the bug is if you um if you have two forms then it'll uh with the same field in then it'll it'll Cache the data from the previous form. It's a really like obscure bug, but it just so happens that the way we interact with live and ACS and then TFS preview tickles this bug, and so we basically it was horribly broke. So we had to like code a really really like hard workaround in to actually take some stuff out of WebKit's hands, do it ourselves in Java, and then pass it back to WebKit. And, oh, it was a nightmare. So, yeah, I was busy fighting that particular fire. um, And we got that fixed. And so now you can authenticate with Mac just fine against TFS preview, as you always used to. Um, And that's available in this release candidate of TE. So, um, yeah, that's probably the, the summary of um, what's new in TFS. As I say, if you go to tinyurl.com slash vs2012rc, that'll get that'll take you to Brian's post. And while you're at it, if you go to um, tinyurl.com uh, slash jzvs2012rc, that's uh, Jason Zander's uh, blog post where he announces, um, you know, the new look and feel, uh, all the stuff with the .NET framework. But what's really good on there actually is um, – He's done a Channel Nine video again with Robert. If you go to J Z V S Toolbox, or just go to Jason's blog, and you know, it's got the it's got the um, the video embedded there. And Jason's like, Jason's, you know, what is he? He's my boss's bosses, bosses, boss. Yeah, there. You go. So, <laughs> yeah, there's me, and then there's a lot of people above me, and then there's Jason um so brian harry reports to jason so you know jason's quite a senior chap like jason's boss is uh soma and then his boss is Satcha, and then his boss is steve Barmer. so you know jason's pretty high up there jason's like jason used to be a dev on brian on one of brian's teams <laughs> he, wow. he used to be a dev on the clr Well, Soma used to be a tester on um on nt you know these guys are like um hardcore you know devs and testers and things so one of the things i love about jason he just gets his hands dirty and you know tries out all the features and we have a lot of internal you know like all staff you know meetings well we don't have a lot of them but when we do have all staff meetings and jason's always up there demoing features and things like that so he does the same thing in his video and he shows some of his favorite features and has a bit of a tour around the release candidate so that's good and it you know shows a new look and feel so there we go
1: nice so one of the things we're going to try out is um now that we're doing more shows We are using more bandwidth. So we are looking at uh, bringing in some sponsors for our shows. Now, not to warn, not to scare all our listeners off, all you out there listening, it's it's not going to be overreaching or, you know, you're not going to be spammed about it or anything, but, you know, we want to make this at least self-funding or or at least, you know, ha- have a few dollars for, a, you know, a few beers at the conferences and stuff and, uh, you know, just uh, be able to bring you guys more shows and more stuff. So today we're going to kick that off and we're going to kick it off. Um, I'm going to be reading it to you. This is going to be my first sponsor shout out. So please bear with me. And... Uh, We'd like to hear what you guys think. So if you email us at radiotfs at gmail.com and and let us know if this is you know cool, if you don't really care, if you think it's great, you want us to bring on more sponsors, uh, please let us know. Or if you want to let us know about anything, please email us at radiotfs at gmail.com. And we're going to do this in line. We're not going to do it with bumpers or, or editing or stuff. It's just going to be one of us organically reading it. And uh, thanking our sponsors. So here we go. Episode 43 of Radio TFS is brought to you by SAS Made Easy, a leader in hosted TFS, dedicated virtual servers, and TFS ALM consulting. You can reach them at www.sasmadeeasy.com. That's wwws aasmadeeas dot com or via email at sales at sassmadeeasy.com And now back to the show. Cool.
0: Cheers, Greg. I'll, that I'll, was well I'll, very well read. There you go. Well was that good? done, Greg. Well I done. practiced
1: I practiced those two sentences for like hours. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey one of the things is worth mentioning is we're not just gonna take sponsorship from anyone. You're not gonna get like um uh, ads right. for diapers or a new BMW <laughs> or something like that. It's only things that you know are relevant and are from companies that we respect and trust, so um, yeah, there we go. In fact, uh, the radio TFS site is hosted with Sasmedi, so you know it's a company we use, so there we go, and it's a company Paul works for, so
2: righto, cool. Hey, Mickey, any news? Hey, yes, so there is a blog post that went up on the Visual Studio blog back on May 18th called a look ahead at the Visual Studio 11, which is now 2012, product lineup and platform support. You can see this blog post at tinyurl vs2012line. Now, here's the thing about this blog post, because I've actually been reading several other sites where it's generating a little bit of, of controversy because it appears that they are skewering the Express Editions. So what I mean by that is if you read at the product lineup, they talk about how there's going to be a, a Visual Studio 2012 Express Edition that's going to provide the best in-class tools for creating Metro-style apps. And, But however, if you want to do full, full-on C Sharp Windows development or whatnot – they direct you to the Visual Studio 2010 Express editions. Mm-hmm. So what it looks like is with the Visual Studio 2012 Express editions, no, we're no longer going to have those full, you know, full development capabilities. They're going to be, um, for lack of a better word, toned down to only allow for the development of Metro style applications. And I haven't made up my mind on which side of the fence I am on this. Some people are saying that's great. It's going to help promote the whole Metro style of, of development. Some people are saying it's going to have a severe impact on hobbyist developers and on people trying to learn development and trying to, to really get into building you know, applications. So I was kind of curious if, if you all had any had any opinions on this because I'm still – I'm writing a blog post about it right now, but I still haven't made up my mind which side of the fence I'm going to fall on.
0: So just to just to clarify some of it, probably, um, I mean, again, we've already we've already explained in the show just how far I sit in the food chain. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I think the only person below me is actually my children in life. And and, and they don't and they don't behave like they are, nor are they really. But the uh, <laughs> um, what's happening is that the, you've got Visual Studio, you know, standard and stuff and you can do basically everything you always could there and a bit more. Um and then are the Express SKUs, they're now aimed at, at like particular platforms. So if you want to go develop for Windows 8, then you've got a you've got a free product you can go use, which um which you can use to go do everything you want to do for Windows 8. If you want to go build for Windows Phone, there's another one. If you want to go build for Windows Azure, there's
1: another but one. But I, I can Windows only build Metro
2: style applications right. for Windows 8. Yeah.
1: Right. Not so the desktop that- ones. Okay. I, I like that they're doing it that, that it's platform based and that, that it's all the languages, you know. So if you want to build a Windows 8 Metro style app and you get the Express for Windows 8, it's got VB and, and C sharp and all that good kind of stuff. I, I, I like that. My question is, is, okay, uh, VS Express 2010, can I target if I'm building a desktop app, say a WP app, WPF app, uh, in the C Sharp uh, Visual Express 2010, can I target .net 4.5? You know, is it, is the multi-targeting capability of it, or are you limited to the the .dot you know four o profile? Do Do you guys know? Since 4.5 is a you know uh, a drop in replacement of four o you know, yeah, I, I'm really confused on that, and I haven't seen anything on that. Now, if I can in Visual Studio 2010 Express, uh, and I can create a Metro app. Or not a Metro app, a WPF app, and I can target .NET 4. five. I'm okay, I think. But if I can only do four o and and earlier, then Which, I'm a little. So would you
0: bugged. use would you use, be using Visual Studio Express for doing this, Greg? Or
1: I, I mean, I wouldn't. But you know, I I do a lot of uh, you know Channel nine uh, coding for fun blogs, and mm. you know we reference the Express there a lot, mm. and. You know, I, I you know just from a purely uh, selfish point of view, when I'm talking about .NET four five coding for fun blog projects, and they are you know Win eight desktop type apps, I want to make sure that I can send people to some sort of Express product that they don't need you know Visual Studio twenty twelve standard or greater to utilize those. So I, I think you know. I think the story is going to get better here and mickey yeah I, I've seen all of the news stories, oh my God, it was like the world was ending <laughs> w- w- when they announced this, you know you know the express editions aren't really all that new I mean it was two thousand and five before we right. had that we didn't have free development environments exactly right? and that's and that's
2: my and that's my that's one of my reasons I'm on the fence I mean Microsoft doesn't have to provide us a free environment it's very nice that they do it's been nice that they've done it since 2005 and the problem is since we've had it for seven years now it can make people go well why are you suddenly taking it away so I mean I completely agree with your argument that maybe potentially there will be something that comes out in the future that allows me to target the Windows 8 desktop but you know maybe I could do that with the 2010 edition like you said but we'll just have to experiment and see
0: and I'm I'm I should keep out of this because this is like again completely <laughs> an area I don't know anything about. But we I don't see I don't see them. To, I'm going to say them because it's you know it was it was totally outside of my realm of control. I don't see what they've what. Explain to me what's been taken away. You can you've still got a free development products if you're developing for a specific platform. But if you right. want and you've still got access to Visual, the Visual Studio 2010 Express queues if you wanted to use those. So what's been taken away exactly?
2: Well, so so that, so that's so this is where Mickey is is no longer as much of a developer as he used to be. But, like, there's the Visual Studio um, 2012 Express Edition for building Windows 8 Metro applications. Yes. But there's not a Visual Studio 2008 Express Edition for building Windows 8 desktop applications. Now, in theory, as far as I understand it, I can use Visual Studio 2010 Express to build Windows 8 desktop applications. Applications
0: and if but you're like, building and if you're building a desktop application, you would typically be targeting. You wouldn't be targeting .NET four five. You would typically be targeting a, a .NET that's an older version and has wider deployment, wouldn't you?
1: No, not really, because there's a bunch of stuff in four five that I want. I want all the async stuff, and, and you know there is a number of performance improvements and everything else. So. You know, if, if uh, you know, I've got a number of open source applications that, that are desktop apps and that, that they'll never probably be Metro apps because they just don't fit there. Uh, but I want to make those four or five. And when I'm doing them on Win 7 and they're four or five, you know, or, you know, uh, uh, Windows 8, you know, I, I want to be on that latest framework, but I don't necessarily want them on Metro. And I, you know, we want to use the express version. Hmm.
2: The, the other thing I want to point out about the product lineup that they did point out in this blog post is that, um, again, as we always hear in both – I heard of this in the 2010 development cycle, and I've heard it in this one as well. There have been investments in performance improvement for Visual Studio, yeah. so there, the requirements for Visual Studio 2012 from a hardware perspective will be the same as 2010, mm-hmm. so you shouldn't have to necessarily invest or upgrade to be able to use 2012 to its potential.
0: And I've been—I don't know about you, but I well, I'm running, you know, Visual Studio. I'm going to, have to 2012. There we go. On the same hardware as I've been running in 2010 on, and it's significantly faster at startup, especially, and significantly faster loading large projects and things. So, in, in some ways, you know, it's better performance on the same hardware. Not not you know not
2: equal. Sweet, sweet. Okay, I'll get off my soapbox about the product, product
1: right <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, oh, you know, one of the things that you, you every, all the listeners know, and you guys know, is uh, we uh, whine about the Visual Studio 2012 all caps. And, and you know, in the Jason Zander uh, a Channel 9 video that Martin mentioned, it, 9 out of 10 comments, people are commenting about the all caps. And, you know, I whined about it and stuff. And they've gotten better uh, in the um, – a beta of Visual Studio 2012. They they updated it. Um, now in um, the the RC, uh, they've updated it even more. We've got some color back. The toolbar windows are standard case um, things, but the menus, file, edit, view, debug, etc., were all caps. And, and everybody's still jumping up and down about that. Last night, as I was scanning my feeds, I, I found the Reg hack of all Reg hacks to fix that one reg entry, and you can find this at, this is by uh, Richard Banks, and the title of the post is, How to Prevent Visual Studio 2012 All Caps Menus. Funny that. Tinyurl.com Stop the Caps. And that'll lead you to his post, and it's one reg entry, you update it, you restart Visual Studio, and you've got normal menus back. You know, hallelujah. Ooh. So. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, that quick note on side, some of the other things that, you know, you guys know, My one of my favorite groups at Microsoft is um, the ALM Rangers. Uh, we all love show... the Rangers. Yeah. <laughs> can't let a show go uh, without mentioning them.
0: That's because they're always doing stuff. Between <laughs> it, it's like new releases to TFS Preview. Every single show, is more stuff from the Rangers to talk about.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and the amount of stuff that they roll out is fairly... Amazing! It's intimidating this stuff. But uh, uh, Willie Peter Schwab did a post yesterday, and what's really cool, I, you know, I got it, I hand it to Microsoft. If it wasn't for that leaked post on the thirtieth about the uh, Windows 8 shipping on the thirty first, you guys kept a great secret. There was no news about this, and, and uh, yesterday would have been a really interesting day if the news uh, hadn't leaked. But um, they, the the AM Rangers have simultaneous with the release of Visual Studio 2012 RC released a whole slew of updated ALM guidance. You know, so they've updated the practical Kanban guide, the practical Ruck guide, the server planning guide, the TFS server process template customization guide, the build customization guide, the upgrade guide, the practical guide, the release, the test release management guide. uh, The the list goes on and on. The VM factory, the architecture tooling guide, the Visual Studio Quick Reference Guide, the Lab Management Guide. These have all been updated to match the RC. So there's no, you know, waiting for you know weeks and weeks for these to get up. They're done. They're ready. They're RC. Yeah, and there's only a couple more that they're going to be working on that will be shipping shortly the branching and merging guide, customization guide, the UI uh, Word plugin, but that's just three of the tons of other things that they've got. And you can find this guide at um, tiny URL, VSALM2012RC. And you can see Willie's post, or Willie P's post. And he's got a nice picture, as he always does, uh, with all these guides. So uh, that, is, that should be enough reading for the weekend for <laughs> just about <Jeez>. everybody. Yeah.
2: <laughs> hey, can I jump in and also say that I think the, the whole way that the blogs at com has been metroized is actually pretty cool. It actually looks pretty clean from a from a reading standpoint. When you look at Willie's blog, and he's got all these nice little icons for, like, the Kanban guide and the Rut guide. And
0: oh, that's just Willie cool. doing that work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Well, if you go, if you notice, like um, Jason and Soma's and Brian's blog have all been rethemed as well. And the gone
1: executive all. bloggers, there yeah, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Lisa, uh, Lisa Fendenbog, uh, Fendenb- Yes. Yeah, uh, announced this the other day, and uh, that's fairly well standard across a lot of those blogs. Again, the the standardization of that view is is nice on how that's being handled there. So.
0: Like we're speaking like we're one company with one voice. Crazy. <laughs> What's going on in the world? Hey, speaking of one of our um, corporate executive bloggers, um, and which, by the way, is now easy to flip between them, which is great when you're doing a, a, a podcast about executive, about blog posts. So uh, on Jason's blog, um, he is uh, one of the features he posted about recently was the um, one of the features I use uh, every, most, most weeks, if not every day. Do, is do the, you really?
1: Do you really use that?
0: Oh yeah, all the time. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so we use it in the. T- so, but that the feature is <laughs> the storyboarding <laughs> features in PowerPoint. So, um, yeah, we no, we do. We use it every. Use it all the time. I mean, in, interestingly, one of the reasons why it came about was because. Um, so you know, for uh, uh, Visual Studio 2010, <laughs> we um, we didn't. Um, one of the things that happened is we actually. Previously in previous releases of Visual Studio, like all the teams were kind of in their own little isolated teams and so one of the problems that you had up until say about two thousand and five really was that um the features, it, everything was just iterative improvements, you know, it was just like a um, a bit of peanut butter spread on top of uh, the previous version, so, you know, the C++ team would have some new stuff, the VB team would have some new stuff, and there'd be bits of new stuff all around, but there was no sort of consistency and no overarching themes for a particular release. That that changed a bit in 2005 and 2008, but in 2010 was where we did that right, and we actually had some, um, you know, sat down early on, and we're like, well, hey, we want to, like, we want to enable certain key scenarios. We want to fix certain problems in software development. So for 2010, those problems were things like, um, we want to get rid of, you know, the no repro, uh, scenario. We we want to stop no repro. And so we, um, did a bunch of work, like what kind of things could we go build to stop no repro? we, prototype those with customers by just showing them powerpoint storyboards and going through them and it was incredibly effective and a a very very cost effective way of quickly iterating over features and and stuff so um we use powerpoint storyboards all the time internally we find customers actually do a lot of it's what i used to do when i used to work outside of microsoft as well um and i've used tools like uh sketchflow um with sketchflow i found was finding it's um it's great for designing for designing screen layouts and for prototyping, you know, those sorts of transitions. But one of the problems is it takes you very quickly into, um, you're into solution-mindedness rather than problem-mindedness. You're actually actually designing your solution. It's like UML modeling tools. Quite often if a UML modeling tool takes you too soon into class designing, then you get bogged down in the detail of class designing and you're not up solving the problem of how do we make this work. So keep it in a PowerPoint. It makes it easy to present keeps you at a very very high level and then you can drill down into something like sketchflow to you know get a bit more get down into actual menu flows and things like that so um jason's an um if you go to uh have i mentioned it yet no tinyurl.com/vsstoryboard jason sort of has a bit of a talk through of the storyboarding feature explains how it all works um and just you know, gives a run through it's quite cool um, also, Brian's done a post. I think it was today or it was recently. Anyway, I, if you go to tinyurl.com/shapegallery, um, as part of the release candidate, you can see in Jason's screenshots there's a little link now at the bottom which is find more storyboard shapes online. The storyboard shapes are basically just you know groups, a group of PowerPoint shapes you can just drag in. But one of the reason, one of my hesitations when we were building this originally was um you know great yeah everybody uses powerpoint for storyboarding, and this is great but problem with it is powerpoint doesn't can't do what visio does which is when it scales objects you know scale things differently so it keeps the scroll bars the same you know it grows things together i was like you're never going to be able to fix that and it will look terrible uh but no they went and fixed it <laughs> so with some <laughs> crazy crazy code um uh, but you don't know of other crazy, crazy codes there. It just works for you, and um, in your as you're building your own shapes, if you can just draw something with a set of power, uh, PowerPoint shapes and then add it into your shape gallery. But you can also add some metadata to it, you know, which we use like where it should appear in the shape gallery, uh, but also controlling certain scrolling behavior, controlling you know, growing behaviors and things like that. Um, so you can you can you can post your shapes online at the Visual Studio Gallery. And we also have a little, you know, it's a command line utility, admittedly, and um, but we'll get there. It, but it's going to be, um, you know, command line utility for actually being able to package up your shapes and, and post them up and get them sent up to the gallery. So um, if you do use some shapes, it'd be great for you to share them with the wider community. I'm definitely expecting, you know, a bunch of the ragers and the MVPs and people like that will jump on this and, and contribute some shapes. I know oh, I would love some shapes. Um, that i use get them up there as well so if you take a look um I say brian's place is uh brian's blog post is a place to start which is tinyurl.com slash shape gallery
1: yeah I've, I've you know i've mentioned it here in the show that i've had a little hard time wrapping my head around this until recently but i finally like got it the light finally came on as to why over vizio or um sketch flow you know and and it was you know this is a guided version it's early in the process and it's guided and it it is you know so fast to be able to drop these uh shapes and put these things together and it's like the animation yeah i I finally was looking at it was i was uh reading an article in um, visual studio magazine about this and, and you know they were talking about why why PowerPoint? Why is this weird? You know, A, everybody's got it. And and the animation support is, I can imagine the team kind of looking at it. It's like, well, we need to do these storyboard things. Well, you know, we need something with animation and we need something that's easy. We need something that's approachable by the clients and we need something that's presentable. And, you know, we need something where you can compose these things really quickly. And that has an extension model built already into it. And, you know, uh, um, where you can you know, do your transitions and again your animations for you know showing where a click happens, guided kind of flow of this UI, and then they're probably looking at each other, well, you know that's like we're already doing that in PowerPoint. Why yeah, and, then just- and they're
0: like, <laughs> we, and we want an export to PowerPoint feature, and we want and we want, the, <laughs> and we want these drawing features that PowerPoint yeah. has, and it's like,
1: why? We just yeah, and the PowerPoint? animations and the commenting, and, and it's like, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Why, why don't we just use PowerPoint? It's like, yeah, oh. Okay, so that that finally, you know, brought it to me, brought it home. Like, okay, got it. And one of the advantages
0: of PowerPoint as well is it actually – you can't be too precise in PowerPoint. You know, you can, you can lay it out, but you can't – and you can lay out your shapes, and you can do some quite, you know, detailed drawing, but you can't be too precise. And that stops right. you from getting too – detailed and actually it stops you like you're not in photoshop drawing out a ui you are just laying out roughly this is roughly how i want it to work what do you think mr customer and you can iterate over that in a meeting you can say well how about if we added this checkbox here and then go yeah and it's there it's in a powerpoint everybody projects the powerpoint the thing you do with all the other prototyping tools is literally the first thing you do is export to powerpoint so you can (laughs) present it to the customer so let's remove that step yeah And again, it's like we're one company, isn't it? You know, building a product into an existing product
2: rather than building it all completely from scratch inside Visual Studio or something like that.
0: It's crazy what's going on in the world. Amazing.
2: So one other thing I wanted to talk about real quick was the TFS Power Tools. So I'm a big fan of the TFS Power Tools, which we've Mm -hmm. talked about on previous shows. My favorite part of tool being the Windows shell extensions because I do a lot of work with TFS where I'm not actually in Team Explorer. Mm -hmm. So I, I really, really like the Power Tools. Well, Brian Harry just put up a blog post at three o'clock this morning that is so, so short and sweet. I'm not even going to provide a. Well, I could provide a tiny URL. I'll do it just in case. It's a tiny, tiny URL it longer than the dot com <laughs> slash Power Tools RC. But here's what it says: we We won't be releasing a new build of the Power Tools with the release candidate. The beta power tools are available. that are available will work with the RC build. The next time we will update the power tools will be along with the final release. Please let us know if you find any problems. So basically, if you're looking for an RC update to the power tools, it's not going to happen. Keep using the betas. The beta will still work, and there should be a release of the power tools along with the final release of Visual Studio is what Brian is saying.
0: So what do you guys think of that? Is that cool with you? I mean, they, it just they just work. So that's why we didn't ship another one. because of they I'm
2: fine I'm fine with it. If there's not, I mean, there's not, if there's everything just kind of works anyway, and you're, there's not some big, huge, major new feature that we're aware of that we're just chomping at the bit to, to use, then spend your time, you know, making the visual product studio work a little bit better.
0: Yeah. Well, that was the logic because in previous years, we, we, we didn't, we never shipped power tools before the final release Cause like you say, we focused all our energy on making the product good, but, um, the, in we we have a go live license for beta and we have a go live license for rc it's worth pointing out as well so you can actually write production code you know in the rc and ship it and uh and that's fully supported uh, you can upgrade the beta tfs server to the rc tfs server and then you can upgrade the or you can go from beta to rtm and you can upgrade the rc will be upgradable to rtm as well so that all just works but um because of the go live license we noticed like in 2010 there were a bunch of utilities that people um really needed like the process template editor is a great example um or the custom checking policies you know they they needed them or they couldn't it was blocking they wouldn't be able to go live um and and use it in production if they didn't have certain power tools so um so yeah so we decided to you know take the hit early on in the beta and actually get them to work um Against the new object model, which we did, and they all work. And then for RC, they all still worked. And we were like, "Well, let's just go invest in making RC and RTM better." And then we'll go. You know, for, uh, we've got we've got a backlog of power tool work we want to go do for RTM. Let's go do that, and let's just go and try and include as much in the product as we can. So, cool. I'm glad that makes sense. Yep. Super. Hey, well, we should probably we've been uh, we had a few rants there, so we probably should start <laughs> wrapping up the show. Was there anything else anyone wanted to do, or are we are we all good? I'm, I'm good.
1: I want to do one last thing. You know, this sure. the show has all been uh, 2012. I am going to slip in one Visual Studio 2010. Cool. Thing, you know, so because not everybody can upgrade as quickly as they want. But there's this is a
0: says uh, a, a man utility. who uses VB6 during, in his day job. <laughs>
1: Please don't <laughs> remind me. Anyway, carry on. I was doing that this week. Anyway, um, this utility is a Visual Studio 2010 extension. And what it does, it's really simple. It's really easy. And I I think most of us will be amazed on, you know, uh, how good it or how it helps us. Visual Studio 2010 Version Update Information Tool by uh, uh, Terry Sandstrom.
0: I always call him Terje, but I don't know. Terje. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I've called Terje him that to his face as well, so I apologize, Terje. <laughs> I know he does listen, so I apologize if we butchered your name.
1: And it's a tiny URL VS10 version. And what this thing does, it basically lives in your uh, help menu, and it just looks at your Visual Studio version and tells you uh, how far behind you are. Uh, basically, are you up to date? And, uh, you know, even me, I was thinking, you know, I'm on these feeds, I do all the updates, I was behind. And I I think a lot of you, you know, as when you install this, and you check, you'll see that you've missed a cumulative update, or or, or you missed thing. And he's keeping this up to date right now via just updating the extension, it doesn't actually read anything off the database It's basically when there's been a new update, he releases an update to the studio gallery, you start up Visual Studio, it says, hey, there's a new version, you get it, and it'll check and it'll, it'll keep it all up to date for you. Uh, But this is one of those little handy utilities. And if you've ever run into a place, gone to a place where, you know, you're not sure what versions they are or what they've got update and you're trying to parse the whole help about, you know, there's a list of 15,000 items there and you're trying to check everything. Don't just get this tool, run it and it'll tell you what you need and it'll provide you links to get those versions.
0: I really, uh, I, I really like his comments. You know, it, so it has like a checkbox, and it goes through and down at the bottom, uh, it gives you that like comment. So if you're up to date, it says, "Wow, a modern human being, the evening in the 21st century. Congratulations!" And then it, and it says, "Then that's proven since you've got Visual Studio 11 installed too." <laughs> <laughs> and then down, down later on, it says, "Okay, you're somewhat modern." And then another one, it's got Stone Age. Get your act together. Update me, modern. You work with 282 days old software.
1: <laughs> and he's actually said those are dynamic. They're not always the same one, you know, based Ooh. off of the category on it. So we should have it, more of... humor in software. Yeah.
0: But uh, what's quite good as well is it does one of the things I quite often find people miss is they wonder uh, why they can't talk to the um, TFS preview. Um, and that's because they haven't installed the the forward compatibility patch. Um, right. So, uh, and and Terje's software picks that straight up, and and will tell you if you're missing that. So, yeah, worth worth a check. Great link. I think
1: that's think the show.
0: That's the show. Well, hey, thanks guys. It's good to have everyone back together. Paul was going to be in, but he had to dive out at the last minute. But we kind of had him in in spirit anyway, as we sponsor us So uh, get uh, Visual Studio 2012 installed, get TFS 2012 installed, or get on TFS Preview. Um, If any of uh, you guys are going to be at TechEd Orlando or TechEd in Amsterdam, then both Mickey and myself will be there. Greg won't be, I don't think. Are hey, you, Greg? Oh, no. You're not alone, I know. Sorry about that. Um, nah. so, but if you uh, are going to be there, then um, do come along. Both Mickey and myself will be at the... Mickey doesn't know this yet, but he'll be at the Visual Studio ALM booth working the booth the whole time. He's not speaking. So, um, yeah, come along to the booths. Drop by, say hi. Um, if we if we if the sponsorship thing works out and we decide to keep it then next conference season we might actually have some you know some swag to give away or something like that some stickers maybe
2: you know. oh i will have something to give away
1: Are you? Oh, okay Ooh. cool there you go there's a, there's, a, there's a there's a tip for you so and one quick administrative note just mm. to let all you listeners know our, our next show it's not going to be 2 weeks it's going to be 3 weeks so it's uh, yeah be, because uh, yeah june 21st eh? so Yep, there we go. Thanks.
0: Yeah, because uh, cause I'm I'm too lazy to record it from Orlando, so <laughs> we should probably. Uh, we I keep meaning to do like some interview shows on the. I've tried to do interview shows on the show floor. The only one I actually ever managed to do successfully was the one with Steve Borg. Um, that came out really well. But uh, I did one with Ed and the audio call, Ed Blankenship, and the audio quality wasn't any good, and we ended up doing it again. And I've done other ones. It's really hard to get good audio quality without spending an awful lot of money on hardware. So, um, hey ho, we'll just have to do the show the week after, and we'll catch up on. I'm sure there'll be news coming out of TechEd. I'm sure something will come out, even though you know, Visual Studio 2012 has been released, even even if it's just some stuff we learned while we were there. So, uh, But if you are there, please drop by and say hi. Come by and, and see. Our talks at me and Mickey do. Make sure you give us good scores, that'll be much appreciated. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next time on Radio TFS.